It's early June of 1977. The Girl Scouts are loving their first day at camp. Little did they know, the next day, they would have to be sent home after the three youngest attendants were brutally murdered in the early hours of the morning. Who did this? Why? How did the investigation go? You will find all this out much more in this episode of Crime Shack. Hello, we're back. <laughs> you gotta warn me. I just started the recording. Chad's very nervous. Don't shut up. He hasn't made an appearance since episode four, and now he feels like everything's brand new. Yeah. We've gotten very bougie since then, might I say. We've gone from a shed to an office now. This is fun stuff. So hello, Chad. Today we will be covering the 1977 Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. Woohoo. What do you know about the case? Well, I am going to admit that I don't know much. I know that because you told me it was solved recently this year in 2022. It's so good. I'm so sad though because he never actually got to go to jail. Oh. You'll hear about that later. Well, he was dead. Yeah, he has been dead for a while. When did he die? He's old, man. <laughs> like, this is in 1977. This was before our parents were born. This is an old case. So, before we actually get into said case, we got a couple of things to take care of. First of all, the trivia question. What murders forever changed the over-the-counter painkillers were sold? What changed that, Chad? You know the answer? Um, I do not. You don't? Well, it is the Tylenol Murders of Chicago that took place over a week in 1982. Tylenol capsules were laced with cyanide and killed many. Sadly, the case was never solved. And just like you, Chad, no one else knew the answer. And so no one got to put their name in the draw. You know, this actually reminds me of a case that I'm familiar with from an episode of Forensic Files, where somewhere, an uh, undisclosed location, I guess, in the United States, someone murdered people, and they worked for a meat processing factory, and they put their, they burned down the dead bodies and put them inside the... No. Beef. How did we so... go from poison pills to accidental cannibalism? That's not no. That's so I don't I don't like that. That's like a worse fear. I feel sorry for anyone who lived in Canada like during Robert Picton. Because like, it's theorized that he put his victims in the pigs. Oh. Yeah. So our parents probably had some Picton pigs. <laughs> my parents yeah <coughs> like that. i just grossed them out so bad we weren't alive during that time just our parents don't worry children if you're old though i'm sorry <laughs> yeah so um thank you red jay for the theme music well for the cover art for listeners for listening and telling your friends it's a very fun thing to do you should tell your friends um, if you don't already follow our Facebook or Instagram, Chad, it is always in the link in the description. You know what's funny, Gabs, is that on all my other podcasts, you know, I go on like three a week, no big deal. Anyway, they all, um, they, they thank me for coming in, first of all, and then give me free merch and, you know, a fat stack of cash. So, pay up. For that comment, you have to pay more. Anyway. <laughs> The merch store he is referring to is also in the description. Very fun place. We got masks and hoodies. I can't buy these. Stop throwing in my face. <laughs> we also got these really nice tank tops, though, and they say, don't be suspicious. Oh, I like that. It's so fun. And we got the hoodie, and it said Shackinator and Crime Shack on the back with the logo. And then all our t-shirts and a bucket Ooh. hat. We have a bucket hat. That's fun. I worked very hard on that bucket hat. That was a pain to make. Your parents are just okay with you like selling stuff on the internet. Yeah. To be honest, they don't really have a say. I just kind of made the podcast. Oh. I forgot to tell them. And they were like, oh, we're doing this now, are we? Okay. I'm like, yep, sorry. 
Um, please rate the podcast on whatever you're listening from. And thank you for joining me today, Chad. You're That's welcome. Fun thing for you to do. Not like you had anything else to do. Okay. Maybe go on one of your other three podcasts. A week. <laughs> this will be my fourth. No big deal. Just, just well, if you ever go there. on Crime Junkie or Morbid or True Crime Garage, let me know. <laughs> you won't like their maybe give maybe give them my number. <laughs> Say she's good. Call her. <laughs> she can do stuff. Um. So. It was the summer of 1977, and the Girl Scouts were at Camp Scott, Mays County, Oklahoma, USA, on USA, USA, USA America, our neighbors, our neighboring state, <laughs> neighboring us state. Not well, actually, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Edit this out. <laughs> okay, so on June 12th was the first day of Girl Scouts, and so they all got to camp. The camp has been running for about 50 years now. They were just getting ready to celebrate the 50th birthday. Um, It was about 410 acres of land, had 10 campsites, a great hall, and even a swimming pool. So these guys got the fanciest Dijon ketchups. No fancy rich people. (laughs) Um, The main trail was Cookie Trail, which branched to all of the different sites, and the great hall, which made this camp fairly easy to navigate. This case takes place in the Kiowa unit, which I have given you a picture of. Um, The first day of camp was clearly a train wreck, but that's like every first day of camp, and nothing was out of the ordinary. Sleeping arrangements were made, and by that time it was supper. For dinner that evening, all the campers and counselors went to the Great Hall at about 5.30. It began to rain, and so all the campers went to their tents to dry off, get fresh clothes on, and write their first letters home. Every tent had four campers, except for Tent 7, which housed 10-year-old Denise, Doris Denise Milner, 9-year-old Michelle Heather Gus, and 8-year-old Lori Lee Farmer. They're so cute. I'm so sad. And all these girls... You could see they really had a large array of feelings about going to camp. And I feel so bad for some of these families. Because they take on so much guilt for this. It's so sad. I am happy that we have, like, significantly less murderers here than Oh, yeah. And significant. But when we do have murderers, they're crazy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're crazy. You remember the cult case from Quebec? Oh. I guess the, I don't know, the Hill Children or something. The one where they drank the juice? Yeah. Oh. I don't know, maybe. I don't know a lot of cult Someone things. told me about it, it was terrible. Oh, no. He abducted, like, these Oh, kids. no. Don't take they children. Lived in his, like, that reminds me of the Sodder Children. I swear it's that landlord dude. It's gotta be that landlord dude, man. We'll cover that case later on. That's a good case. That's a really good case. Um... Every tent had four campers, except for Tent 7, which housed our four little girls, Lori, Denise, and Michelle. Three. They were supposed... Oh, yeah. There was supposed to be a fourth. I'm sorry. But due to disorganization, the fourth girl was sleeping elsewhere for only one night. And Thank this the Lord. One night saved her life. The tents were in a horseshoe formation around a shower block there were eight tents in total the counselor's tent in the eight seven camp, camper tents all numbered as one being the furthest being closest to the counselor's tent and seven being the furthest away most sources report this tent as tent eight but they count the counselor's tent which isn't numbered the tent holding denise michelle and Lori is indeed tent seven the tents were sheets set up on top of wooden skids and were just very poorly made. I can make a better t- pillow fort. Like, these sucked. And we'll get into that, because seriously, all that's blocking was a sheet. There wasn't any locks or any, at least like a tie. Um, so, let's get to know the three youngest attendants to this camp. 
So these are the youngest girls at this camp, and they're placed in the tent furthest away from the counselors. Why? This is really poorly managed. All the safety things but are they have very like all bad. Shower blocks and fancy dining halls. I'm on the shower mm -hmm. block right now. Okay, but you'll like... never get to use it if you're dead. <laughs> Respect the victims. <laughs> um, let's get to know these girls. Michelle Heather Gus was nine years old. She attended camp the year before and was excited to go again. Quote, she was very excited. She came downstairs and she sat on my lap. She told me that she was going to miss me. End quote, said her mother, George Ann Gus. It's this one. Uh, Michelle told her mother to take good care of her plants while she was at camp. Michelle loved plants, particularly African violets. I barely know what a Venus flytrap is, so she's impressive with the plant names. Um, she was very good at caring for them. On top of all this, she was very active and athletic. And so oh. she was quite a strong little girl. Her letter read, quote, Dear Aunt Karen, how are you? I am fine. I am writing from camp. We can't go outside because it's storming. Me and my tentmates are in the last tent of our unit. My tentmates are Denise Milner and Lori Farmer. My room is in shades of purple. Love, Michelle. End quote. Sounds better than most of my writings. <laughs> I'm a bit jealous of She's like nine. And just a little ending of my room is in shades of purple. <laughs> she's just a little kid. She's a she's a baby one. <laughs> no, I can't even look at their faces right now. It's too cute. No, look at her. Oh. Lori Farmer has pigtails in her thing, and she's a very cute little girl. She's the youngest. How old? Eight. Too young. <laughs> she's younger than my brother. My brother like four years younger than us, just for context. So, <laughs> um, now let's get to know Doris Denise Milner, actually, usually called Denise. Um, she was a straight A student, oh. and was even accepted into a middle school for brighter students. So she was a smart cookie. She would go places. Um, she was ten years old and had never gone to summer camp before. No. So her and her friends sold Girl Scout cookies to be able to afford to go together. <laughs> Chad's crying. No, I don't like... want to hear about this. Um, sadly, her friends backed out last minute and Denise wasn't excited to go. <laughs> oh. Quote, in fact, she had decided that she didn't really want to go. She wasn't sure she would like it, but I convinced her that she should go and try it. That it would help her be more independent and that if she didn't like it at all, all she had to do was call and we would come and get her. End quote. Said her mother, Betty. Oh, she didn't get the chance. And like, that's what, like, that's the right thing to do as a mom. Like, you gotta try it. Like that's you... this one right here, right? Yes. Oh. So she sold Girl Scout cookies with her friends. Her friends, I don't want to hear that story again. <laughs> her friends backed out, and then she didn't want to go, but went anyway. Just wait till you hear her letter. Her letter is so sad. No, 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 no. Um, it is said that she even told a camp counselor that she didn't want to be here, but the counselor convinced her it would be all right. I don't blame the counselor for doing this. I would assume it's just homesickness. And, like, that's what you do. Like, they're paying you to keep your kid at camp. And, like, if they come at you, like, a second time, then it's time to contact parents and get her out of here. But the first time, it's homesickness. Her letter read... No, no. Quote, Dear Mom, I don't like camp. It's awful. I have three new friends named Glenda, Lori, and Michelle. Lori and Michelle are my roommates. Mom, I don't want to stay at camp for two weeks. I want to go home and see Cassie and everybody. Your loving child, Denise Milner. End quote. 
Chad's holding back tears. No, I'm not. This is I see one coming. I can't look at her face right now. It's this not... one right here. Yes. She didn't even want to go. It's awful. No. I don't want to stay at camp for two weeks. Your loving child. My child said that to me. It doesn't matter if they're murdered or not. I'm going to like cry on the spot. Your loving child. That's so sad. Finally, we have little... <laughs> yep, there's more. We have little eight-year-old Lori Lee Farmer. Don't let me look at your turnover. <laughs> the youngest attendant at the camp for those two weeks. Lori couldn't decide if she wanted to go to Girl Scouts or a camp sponsored by Tulsa's area YMCA. And so she could have gone to the other one. No. Quote, so I decided for her. I also decided which week of camp to send her, and I'll have to live with that decision for the rest of my life. End quote, said Lori's mom, Sherry. It's okay, Lori's mom. You did the right thing. You're sending my daughter to camp. But she could have no idea. It's not your fault. Yeah, that's rough, man. Um, Lori was the youngest of five children and was very smart and mature for her age. What's your letter say? Is it like worse? Quote oh. <laughs> Dear Mom and Dad and Misty and Joe and Chad and Kathy. <laughs> we're just getting ready to go to bed. It's seven forty five. We're at the beginning of a storm and having a lot of fun. I've met two new friends, Michelle Gus and Denise Milner. I'm sharing a tent with them. We're all it started raining on the way back from dinner. We're all writing letters now because there's hardly hardly anything else to do. With love, Lori. End quote. <sighs> I love how she called you out too. Dear mom and dad and Misty and Joe and Chad and Kathy. <laughs> and specifically She's talking directly to me. Yep. These three little girls didn't have a clue what horrors would occur in the early hours of the next morning. How are you feeling about this so far? Oh, you okay? Face. You okay, Chad? Yes, 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 yes. And this is the setup. All images are on the social media. So this is the counselor's tent. And that's their tent. I like how they were all friends. And not just people who died together. Well, they just met at camp. They didn't know each other before the first day of camp. But they're besties now. They all addressed each other as my two new friends. I wonder who Glenda is. <laughs> Not important. I think it is. I need to find Glenda. Anyway, later that evening, the girls went back. Um, the rain stopped, and so they went and sang songs and ate cookies around the fire. Remember, she's completely miserable about it. She wants to go home. She's worried about her plans, and she's having a blast. So, shortly after all the campers were sent back to bed, the counselors did a check on all the girls at, like, 10, 10.30. They had to yell out of their tent every now and then because girls were fooling around. Clearly, if I was in a girl scout group, I would be having fun and laughing with my friends i was in the brownies for a while that was a we got like a big cabin and we all slept on bunk beds but my dad packed me like the lightest flashlight you could get <laughs> and so all of them were complaining turn your flashlights off and i thought i was so smart because i put it underneath my sleeping bag to read my thing and it shined through and illuminated the entire hallway. <laughs> and it's like one of those really big, heavy-duty flashlights. And it was the size of a box. You know, I did the male version of brownies, beavers. The beaver? Yes. It goes beavers, uh, cubs, boy scouts, I think. Anyway, we went camping. But we did not go outside. We stayed inside <laughs> and slept on the floor. I had bunk bags. beds. Oh, it was so unfun. <laughs> they didn't let me climb trees. Like, we had to go back At inside that point... while two of the counselors put out the fire, because, like, the smoke got so intense. And when oh. they put it out, like, it was, like, fog going everywhere. That was like, stupid. Steam. Like, one of my uh, co-beaver boys, 
Be ruthless. Was like suffocating under the steam. That we sounds all like go back a, inside. That sounds like a band name. <laughs> we were like roasting. I was like, oh, it's so fun. Time to go inside. No kids. And they poured this gigantic bucket of water on steam everywhere. Okay, then. <laughs> I wasn't smart. Um, at like 1.30, the girl to the toilet, the girl to the toilet said, <laughs> there's girls specifically assigned to these toilets. Moaning Myrtle? <laughs> the door to the toilets were slammed, but those campers were sent back to their tent. They were just fooling around. Later on, some campers mentioned that there were some inhuman moaning sounds around this time. Along with screams and cries oh. at 3 a.m. That's not a good sign. Um, again, remember, this is the first night of summer camp. And it's going to be a little noisy. You're in Oklahoma, too. Imagine how warm it gets down there in the summer. Yeah. I can never... Uh, I need very specific temperatures. I'm weird. Um, in the night, the girls from tent six reported that they saw a man lurking around. That's not good. They're all um, girls camp. Yep. Um, when they flashed him with their flashlight, so they peeked their heads out of their camp and flashed him. Um, he went away. Like he stared at them for a while, and then just went on his way and left. And so they slept on it and thought not to tell anyone. No. <laughs> That's what I would do as well. What? Like, How would you well, not? Like, you're not supposed to investigate. Don't investigate. Like, oh, well, some groundskeeper or some guy on a walk? No. Not a big deal. At the Girl Scouts? <sighs> Whatever. In the nice middle trail. of the woods? Give me to check out their, their shower box. <laughs> not in that way, though. Like, in... <laughs> These are very special shower blocks. <laughs> Um, before they knew it, it was already 6 a.m. in time to wake up. That's early. Oh. I can barely get out of bed at 9. <laughs> um, in the morning, the kids were counted. Um, the counselor who checked tent 7 reported that none of the girls were in their tent and saw a little blood. It was dark, and she didn't spend much time looking at it. She figured that someone got a nosebleed and went to a different tent. That is, until the numbers didn't add up. That's a lot of blood for you to think it's a nosebleed. And it's splattered everywhere. I don't want to hear about that. It... Blood, murder, and death. Why did you come on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going on something called Crime Shack, where we mostly cover murders. Okay, sure, I'll come. Oh no, there's blood in this. I didn't know that. It's a given. I figured it'd be like... Fun little facts and trivia, like, guess who committed that crime? You were here before. <laughs> Last time we had a flamethrower. Like, fun Wizard of Oz fact. Wizard of Oz fact. We should do a Wizard that. of Oz bonus before we you should. leave. Anyway, yeah. We should do that before you leave. Um, again, girls, the numbers didn't add up. They were missing. It was then when a counselor found sleeping bags under a tree. It was the missing girls' sleeping bags. The other's campers were sent to eat breakfast when law enforcement arrived. Denise Milner, the 10-year-old who didn't really want to go to camp, was found with her hands duct taped together behind her back like this, strangled with a cord and beaten. There was also an elastic cloth and, an elastic and a cloth suspected to be a blindfold and gag. She was placed on the top of her sleeping bag. There was also a few more ways that this killer has tortured her. Ways that I cannot say on this podcast. Oh no. So, she didn't want to go either. She didn't want to go. Um, Michelle had cords around her wrist, but not as tight. So instead of like this, the cord kind of went around her back and her hands were on her side. Is that her? No, that's Lori. I'm pretty sure this is Michelle. All right. Um, again, not as tight as Denise 
it was more like the cord traveled behind her back and when it's tied together, she was also beaten and tortured. Um, Lori had no ties. Michelle and Lori were found stuffed at the bottom of their sleeping bags with sheets thought to have wiped the blood off the bottom of their tent. Um, all of them suffered torture. It is disputed on what kind, but there was a rough scene. It was rough. They were all found underneath this tree. It was sad. Um, it was thought that both the eight-year-old Lori and nine-year-old Michelle were killed in the tent by two different blunt objects and then dragged to where they would later be discovered, whereas 10-year-old Denise was brought outside, tortured, then killed by the murderer. So she had to watch her tent mates die. She had to be gagged and blindfolded and walked while this killer, he probably made her drag one of them. I just realized that they were stuffed at the bottom of their sleeping bags in a tight fetal position. He probably made were her. Were they already dead? Yeah. Oh. He no. probably made her drag one of them while he dragged the other. <laughs> I never even thought of that. And so she's blindfolded and gagged and probably carrying one of her dead friends. She didn't want to be here in the first place. She's tortured and then murdered savagely. That sucks. That is not a good thing to happen. I don't want that. <laughs> you know, now all of a sudden my beavers camp doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> Still wouldn't want to go back. But... You were complaining about <laughs> lack of shower blocks. <laughs> um, the evidence at the scene were the sleeping bags, the cords, a red flashlight, much like my ultra power flashlight that shined the entire hall. It was like the size of the Hogwarts dining hall too. Like it this was a big thing. Serious matter. Stop making me laugh. <laughs> um, a trash bag, a counselor's glasses and case. Oh, was he in on it? Or Her, she? She. I'm she. Not sexist. It's girl scouts, dude. Everyone's a chick. I had a female counselor in Beavers. Huh. Well, I don't have the counselor list <laughs> i assume they were all girls seeing as it's called girl scouts i don't know it's like one of those things i've never left ontario leave me alone <laughs> where it's like um like if men want to do something themselves like have a boy scouts or like when we're like oh no you don't but if women want to do there it, was probably like, oh, like well, one or two dudes right maybe depending um da -da -da -da, where am i at um duct tape a blue mirror like the one from sleeping beauty where it's like show me my father uh, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> um a pile of rolled tobacco and finally oh. the bloody tent i'm probably gonna post pictures of the flashlight the glasses and everything on social media not too sure about the bloody tent though that might be something not to put <laughs> You just um, find pictures of crime cases. Oh, I got this really good website, and they have all the crime scene pictures. I was so happy. I may sound like a psychopath, <laughs> but <laughs> it is insanely hard to do this without visual representation. And, like, I don't see the bodies or anything. They're all in their sleeping bags. And so it's nice to have all the evidence laid out in front of me. And you go, okay. All due respect. Yes. Is that website legal? Yes, it is very legal. It's very legal. It's all on this case. I'll probably put the link in the description as well. Movies. Everyone loves movies, so why don't you join me and Y-Boy for a real fun time? We review movies, but don't spoil the ending so you can still enjoy... So why don't you join us for our premiere on June 1st, where we cover Big Hero 6. And follow our Instagram at You Gotta Watch It. Listen, Listen to, to You Gotta, gotta Watch, watch it. It. it, which premieres on June 1st for a real fun time.
So um, the estimated time of death was between two and five o'clock. That's a long time. Right. Um, that was just an hour before the other campers woke up. Ooh. Uh, Working against the clock. Yeah. All the bodies were found about 150 yards away from the tent behind the counselor's tent. This little X right here. Pretty uh, ballsy move, actually. Like, yeah, it is, man. <laughs> Dude is taking risks. Um, picture is on social media. I just banged my hand off the desk. That wasn't smart. Um, there are different reports on what kind of torture these girls had to suffer, or if they suffered any at all. No straight answer was given. Law enforcement also found a near-perfect fingerprint on one of the girls, but it was from one of the officers himself. There were shoe prints outside the tent in the mud and inside the tent with blood, but they were two different sizes. The one outside was a size 7 tennis shoe, and the one inside was a size 10 boot. Nothing like... Doing it on purpose? Hey, or? Nothing matched the camp counselor's shoes. Oh. Did you just wear two different pairs of shoes? This is all part of his plan. Or maybe it's two people. Oh. There were also two different knots I used. Like that one there were. Counselor from the beginning hey. trying to get her to stay. <laughs> on this? Like, oh, come hey. on. There were two different knots used. The girls were hit by objects coming from both the left and the right hand, so someone was left handed. Or, and someone was right-handed, or someone's both-handed, but that's rare. <laughs> or the killer's just trying to trick us all. Um, this leads people to believe, though, that it may have been a man and lesbian woman. Oh. Yeah. In 1977? Yeah. Um, because of the kind of torture, like, it wasn't just going to be some random straight girl, and so they added lesbian woman. Yep. So, it does make sense, but I believe that the police did not thoroughly investigate this theory. So, I guess we'll never know. By 10 a.m., the Girl Scouts were evacuated without being told why. They all hopped onto a bus and were sent home. The parents were told that there had been an accident and three little girls died outside of their tent. But none of them knew who these little girls were or how. And so all of them were sitting there watching this bus. And every kid that came out wasn't theirs. But they were like, is this my kid who's dead? Maybe my kid's the dead one. What kind of accident? That might have been my kid. My kid's probably gone. My kid's been dead. And they all think it's an accident. And so, of course, the only girls who did not jump out of this bus were little Denise, Michelle, and Lori. And their parents were left there sitting in the dust. And sad. No information was given to them. Um, they didn't know what this so-called little accident was. But Mr. Farmer, Lori's dad, said, quote, I later found out that we were the third people they called. First, they called their insurance company. Second, their attorney. Then they called us. End quote. Wow. You know, maybe I should know, seeing as my daughter has been brutally murdered and tortured. No, that may be something I should know, my guys. No, we want the life insurance and Mm -hmm. the attorney. Anyway, the farmers in the Milner sued all responsible parties for about five million dollars to hold someone accountable 1977 that is a lot of money Uh um the lack of safety that eventually led to the girl's death was what they blamed but truly their safety sucked so i can't blame them the families later found out that their children how their children died on the news so they turned on the news and it said three girls were tortured and murdered. And they were like, I thought they like drowned in the swimming pool. What about the girl with like the five brothers? Yep, that's little Lori Lee Farmer. Mm. <laughs> um, on June 13th, 
1977. The camp closed and never reopened just before the 50th birthday. Um, the person who owned it then was really mad because, like, they want money. Like, but again, your safety sucks and you're already getting sued. Just shut up and take the loss. Um, on June 14th, 1977, the wooden floor platform from Tent 7 was airlifted to a crime lab. It was covered in blood, and it was smeared everywhere because the killer tried to wipe it off with the bed sheets. later found stuffed in Lori Michelle's sleeping bag with them. So, yeah. And I also said he tried to use mattresses and stuff. Yeah. Blood everywhere because he tried to wipe it down. Not good. Um, this is also the day when the information about the two different shoe prints were leaked to the press. The next day, Sid Wise County DA publicly outraged that the press released that information. So they didn't want anyone to know this. Which makes me think that they wanted another hand on the killer or something. That they already had an idea. Um, where am I at? Also, on June 15th, a man living in his car just seven miles away from Camp Scott was arrested and questioned. He wasn't the killer, so he was released that same day. Um, again, on June 15th. June 15th is a big day. <laughs> a big day. Um, so it is still the same day. A ranch just west of camp reached out to law enforcement. Owner Jack Schroff said that he was burglarized and it may have been involved. A cord, duct tape, three crowbars, and three beer bottles were all taking, taken. There was also a blueprint that matched the one at the crime scene. Also, those were the beer bottles later found at the crime scene. The blonde thickens. The blonde thickens. Later on, Jack Schroff passed a lie detector and was cleared as a suspect, but he still had to be hospitalized for safety reasons due to aggressive behavior from others directing towards him because they all thought he killed them. He didn't, though, so he's safe. That's rough for him. I was robbed. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. <laughs> Why a doing this to me. What would you even do if you were in Jack Schroff's place, though? Sue. Sue! <laughs> Again, June 15, 1977, law enforcement announced highly trained tracking dogs from Pennsylvania would be coming to help in the investigation. The press nicknamed them Wonder Dogs. <laughs> we will get a little more information on these Wonder Dogs a little later on. Have you heard the story of Bobby the Wonder Dog? No. <clears throat> so, it's this dog in, like, I think the 1930s or 20s. Who? So, if you've seen the movie A Dog's Way Home, runs, like, a thousand miles back to his house, right? Okay. I think he starts in one state and, like, goes to the runs. He's, he's on... In this fictional or true story? This is a true story. Okay. So, they're going camping, right? This family with the dog, and they accidentally leave him behind because they get attacked or something by a bear, maybe? I'm too a bit rusty on the details. And he runs all the way back across the country. <laughs> he died a year later, though. Aww. That, why did you need to be more sad? He was attacked by a coyote. It, was, oh! it wasn't, like, <laughs> injury-related. It wasn't injury-related. Because of his run. His, he was only murdered by a coyote. two-million-mile run. <laughs> That's sad. Anyway, more on the Wonder Dogs later on. <laughs> Um, finally, again, on June 15th, 1977, Jean Leroy Hart was mentioned as a suspect for the very first time, and they began to search. This is my guy Jean right here in the middle, in between everyone smiling. <laughs> um, let's get to meet Jean a little, shall we? Four years prior to the Girl Scout murders, Jean escaped from Mays County Jail and had been on the run ever since. That means no alibi. 
for the June of 1966. He didn't show up for his usual job, but instead kidnapped two pregnant women from the Fondalit nightclub parking lot. He tortured the women and strangely tried on one of their glasses. Remember, the camp counselor's glasses in the case were found at the scene of the 
They searched the area because he just left a bag with her shoes. Like, you don't do that. And so they searched the area to try to find him. And then they found a cave. And this cave had a text on it, and it read, 77, 6, 17, the killer was here, bye-bye, fools, end quote. There's a picture of that on our social media. Counselor. Counselor! <laughs> You're blaming the counselor here? Um, after finding this, law enforcement received a tip that Jean Leroy Hart was hiding with a native Mexican named Sam Pigeon about 45 months. Huh? Native American. Native Mexican. You said Native American first. I said Mexican. Not the first time. You said, like, First Nations. No, I said Mexican. He is a native Mexican oh, sorry. named Sam Pigeon. Pigeon is a great name to have. That's lovely. I love that. Um, and he was about 45 miles away from Camp Scott. And there he was, arrested on the spot for three counts of first-degree murder. Can we use kilometers instead? Huh? Can we use kilometers instead? Kilometers? I'm... Kilo. We are Canadian, after all. After all. Okay. What's 45 miles in kilometers? 72.42 kilometers. Ooh, that's far away. That's like half a drive to Toronto. <sighs> okay. Um, now it's time for his trial. And new in new information. So we're getting to the end of the case here. Wonder how this plays out. The trial for Hart was in March of 1979. Quote. Two years later. Yeah, it took a while to find a jury, because this was a big media frenzy. I don't know what kind of technology well, they media had. in 1977. Yeah, I don't like... know. Maybe they had like. Finger puppets All of crowd shows. The book club were like, did you hear about that girl getting murdered? Yeah. Well, I assume it's Girl Scouts. It's probably a big deal. Plus, maybe they had like true crime show sock puppet shows. <laughs> you mean talk shows like on TV? Yeah, but instead with like sock puppets. And they should no. set up their stand not have that. in the middle of downtown and did these sock puppet performances explaining a brutal murder. <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> I don't... so many things so many things are wrong anyway quote much of the state's state's case is expected to turn on expert scientific and forensic testimony Garvin Isaac the principal defense attorney told court last week that his client was at a disadvantage because he had no funds to pay for other expert witnesses to rebuke the state's evidence. The main contribution to Mr. Hart's defense has been a grant of $12,500 from the Cherokee Tribal Council, Council, end quote. Like the Cherokee First Nation? It's a tribal camp. That's a direct quote from a news report. Okay. Um, Hart was Cherokee, and the community saw his arrest as an act of racism. Um, people funded money for him because they truly believed he was innocent, even though police officers were 1,000% certain that this was their killer. And so, yeah. Police have tunnel vision in this situation, whereas... The Cherokee community here is a little on the side of you're doing it because he's different. When in reality, he attacked two pregnant women and burglarized four people, including a police officer. Anyway, so yeah, that's where he got his money from, the community there. Um, Hart was acquitted by the end of the trial and died a few months later on June 4th, 1974. Nine at the age of 35, he died running in the prison yard from a heart attack 
he was in jail to continue his sentence for the two pregnant women attack because he escaped. So, yeah. At the trial, hair was used against Hart, but the DNA evidence wasn't available back then. And it wasn't as strong as a piece of evidence. So they're pretty much like, look, it's the same color. So, (laughs) I don't know what they did with hair. Anyway, fast forward to just nine years ago. The Farmer family speaks with Mays County Sheriff Mike Reed and asks him to review the case. And much like Spencer Reed, he figures it out. (laughs) Chad hates Spencer. Oh my god, it's literally this. I know it is. I do hate Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds. I despise him. Even his though little he, face. He's my favorite. I hate him. He and JJ are the best ones. No, JJ's the best. I can agree with that. But like, yeah. I hate the way Reed talks and looks. He's like, actually, Aww. I don't mind you do. Leave him alone. Spencer Reed is the best. Like these, these cops doing this thing. He's like, actually, this is a study from a thousand years ago saying that, that that's is actually not incorrect. true. That is like, not shut true. up. Literally, didn't ask. Leave Spencer Reed alone. This is about criminal minds, by I the way. I despise <laughs> him. I despise you. I like Morgan. I like JJ. Ah, oh, like... really? Morgan? Morgan's boring. He's such a boring person to like. Should have, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Much like Spencer Reed. Stop. He uselessly misused facts from studies shown a million years ago. He figured out. Oh a God. good two thirds. I think you mean JJ. I think you mean Morgan. Jay- I think you mean Morgan didn't do crap. <gasps> he was there to play football. Like that's his thing. He was there to flirt with that one lady. Yeah. I also loved her, for the record. <laughs> with that show, that what's her name? Like Ella... Penelope. Oh, Garcia. Yeah, Garcia. Yeah. Oh, she's fun. I love Garcia. Anyway. Mike Reed says, quote, I pray there's something that we've done that gives the family a second of something that even resembles closure or acceptance or something. I pray that. But as far as peace, there is absolutely nothing about this case that has given me one second of peace, period. From watching the pain of the family to having to go through the crime scene before, during, and after, from watching the legal system to watching the parole parole board to watching how this whole thing has played out to watching how people would use this to springboard their own personal agendas there ain't nothing about this whole thing that is peaceful it is evil end quote you really hear her southern accent coming through what like there ain't nothing like it's... i say there ain't nothing it's different we talk like trash people <laughs> i'm I from newfoundland that's not fair Okay, but everyone on base talks really, like, we talk like we're ghetto or something. <laughs> we all talk really trashy English. We are the equivalent of modern-day outsiders. Oh. Minus death. Well. And the southerners. And the southerners. We're missing the that. The Oklahomans. Like, Dally's the only good character because you're not, because he's not from, he's not from oh. Oklahoma, that's right. Sorry I there. like soda. Soda's fun. Ugh. In the movies, the worst. Oh, really? He's played by Rob Lowe from, like, Parks and Recreation and the other thing he was in. Like, I love him there, but he's just the worst. He's like, and they all, they all spoke with phony accents and it ruined everything. Oh, no. And you know how it's like the greasers and the the socks, socks. 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 They call them socks. And the socias. Socks. Socias. S-O-C-S. My my teacher called it the socks. Your teacher is wrong. Like in the movie, I was like used to hearing socks, and then like in his phone, some actually like socials. I was like, "What? No, because it's socials." As for the socials, no, it's socks. It's an socials. Socks are spelled S O C K S. So okay, do you pronounce cupboard, cupboard? No, you pronounce no cano. Cano. Um. So. Mike Reed had tested all the DNA evidence all over again, and there was no doubt in his mind that Jane Leroy Hart is the killer. I have multiple different websites. Some saying that the case is now considered solved. Others say the case is still unsolved. But I do believe that it is now solved. 
So what is your theory on who killed Denise, Lori, and Michelle? I think it was the guy who was arrested along with the counselor. You think it's Hart and the counselor, eh? Mm -hmm. What's your evidence against the counselor? The code and the message. It's and not the a code, it's a persuasion. date. It's 1977, June 17th. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what What did you was think? Was here, Bye Bye Fools. Like, it's just... It's yeah. obviously some teenage Oklahoman. Oh my. It's not some... <laughs> or some immature. Experienced killer. This is Bye Bye Fools. <laughs> You're an interesting dude. Um... Da-da-da-da-da. Where's my paper? Where did it go? Here it is. Anyway, so you one thousand believe that it is Hart and the camp counselor because of the note and the glasses. Yes. Okay. And the donuts. And the donuts. Um, as for the families, Lori's mom and Sherry Farmer had to say, quote, it's a journey I wouldn't wish on anyone, different than a loss because our daughter was murdered. It was intentional. And she died with two other little girls that we don't want to forget either. End quote. Although the Gus family never took legal action, like the farmers and the Milners, they all spoke very openly about how this could have been avoided if there were better safety precautions. This case is a part of a reason why counselors per tent is now a mandate during summers these days. In Canada too? I think so. Ooh. In my brownies, we had like this cottage thing. And so counselors had one room. I will never go camping again. I enjoy camping. Ever. You just, like, sit up here and just, like, talk about crime and, like, murder. Like, go to sleep and, like, oh, let's go camping today, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, because you can't just let this stuff run your life. You have to find an equal balance. You're right. Just don't live in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, yes, because people only get murdered in Oklahoma. Fine. Chicago as well. <laughs> You're such a ridiculous person. No, but, like... You need to take break days, and I haven't taken a break day in a while. I'm trying to get back on track, but like you can't let it run your life. Like as long as you're not, you also can't forget about it so easily. I don't like a murder or something we take so for granted and just throw it around. Like I'm gonna kill you, or like when you're playing Bit Life, maybe this is just a me specific I... thing where I'm like, like ooh, this my supervisor refused to give me a raise and then stab him, and then I'm just like this. It's like ooh. Okay, but, like, as long as you're not stupid, you can still have fun. Are you calling these murder victims? No, I'm- From past experience and percentages, I know that this, this, and this probably mean you're a psychopath, sociopath, or narcissist who want to kill someone. So I can very neatly get away from you without telling you that I want to get away from you. Am I? Or is, like, luring me to being on your podcast a sign of, like, you know, you gotta- You're moving soon, I don't really care. <laughs> You don't have a bone in your body that could kill someone. I'd be surprised if you stepped on a worm, let alone picked up a knife and stabbed I someone I step else. on worms almost simply. <laughs> I love how you brag about that. <laughs> Such a normal person thing to be here. Alright, well on that note, again, all families spoke very openly about how crappy the system was. And yeah. That's the end of the 1977 Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. I feel bad for the Wonder Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly for the victims and the families as well, but, like, the Wonder Dogs didn't have to die. That was unnecessary. What a shame. What a shame! <laughs> they even nicknamed them something cool. That sounds like freaking Superman's accomplice. Like... Accomplice? Uh, what's Sidekick? Oh, I guess. Yeah. Accomplice? <laughs> Intern. <laughs> Vice President? 
Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, that's the case. What do you think, Chad? Now that you're an expert on the 1977 Oklahoma Girl Scout murder. I was already an expert on Oklahoma. You didn't know crap. About Oklahoma? Of course I did. About Oklahoma. Anyway, um, it was very... (laughs) Who even does this? (laughs) I don't know, Who says, oh my god, I'm gonna go team up with this camp counselor and kill three little girls like who was it planned yeah he burglarized to perfection he burglarized buddy he went around the camp a bunch he put the message in the donuts (laughs) but that was the council he had an inside man oh my gosh and if someone who goes like oh i'm gonna go like robbery sure that sure like I feel like that's why I'm mostly Murdering interested in murder. Minors, three like tiny babies. Well, I guess it's time to do our ending shoutouts. But first, thank you, Chad, for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you, Red J, for the theme music. Thank you, Willem, for the cover art. If you don't already follow the social media, Chad, links are in the description of every episode. <laughs> if you don't already give me free merchandise. Gabs, hmm. you know where I live. What does that even mean? Deli- you, postal. <laughs> I'm not giving you free stuff. No. You're, okay. you're gonna have to start paying us extra for your comments. And, yep, we have a merch store, as Chad mentioned. You should check that out. Those, like, I love the tank tops. The tank tops are so good. They're such good tank tops. And I'm going to try to get us baseball hats as well. They're really complicated, though. <laughs> you have this whole different code and stuff. It's weird. Um. Now it's time for this episode's trivia question. Ooh. You can participate in this chat. Okay. It's fun. You can win prizes. Prizes you can't buy on the merch store. I have these prizes in my house. Oh, I'm in your house right now, so I should go find some. <laughs> They're hiding. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. They're in a box, inside of another box, inside of another box, and then I mail it to myself, then smash it with a hammer! What? Do you not know that movie? No. Oh, that's the most underrated Disney movie of all time. Oh. What is it? Uh. Llama. Oh, never seen it. You never seen the Emperor's New I don't New watch kids movies. How dare you? That is not a child movie. I think the last movie I watched was that one where um this one girl who also lives in Oklahoma. Oh. Her mother um for the like she's in the welfare, right? Her mother. Her mother. Fakes having a disabled child to oh, get yeah. benefits. Oh, it was so sad. I'm pretty sure that's a true story, no? Well, it happens all the, around the world every day, but... But, like, to a specific case. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I recognize that. Like, what I didn't like is that how the man thought she was 17, and he's, like, 8, 19, and they went out anyway. We found out later she was 21, oh. so it was legal, but, like, that was really creepy how we found he was a little really. girl. You see, I have mixed feelings. Like, Jasmine Richardson's situation, you should listen to that episode, that's a crazy episode. Um, I completely disagree with that. Phoebe Hanchuk, also very good episode. You should listen to it. Will this be considered a good episode, or sorry? Will this be considered a good episode? I mean, any episode with me in it is a good episode. Depends on how well I edit it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I create the notes, and then I find the guest, and then I organize it. There are different guests than just me. Yeah, we have like over eleven episodes now. Whoa, 11 whole episodes? Double digits? This'll be 12. We're fancy. Yeah. Now we got pictures. Oh! (laughs) Now we got pictures and documents and websites and merch stores and giveaways. You missed out on a giveaway. I already gave away a mask. You you said, let's get to the trivia question and you kind of trailed off. What's the trivia question? Oh yeah, we have a trivia question. (laughs) Um... You must be the first to answer correctly the trivia question on either the Facebook or Instagram group. If you answer on the Facebook, don't answer on the Instagram. You're not going to win twice. <laughs> Chad. 
I don't have <laughs> either. You don't have either? No. You're weird. What? Sorry. What human being doesn't have either nowadays? Me. You're sad. <laughs> so can I hear the question? Do I get a guess right here live? No. Oh. The question is, I don't even think you know this, but if you do, wow. don't say it. All right. What two killers appeared on TV game shows during their murder sprees? I don't know that. Haha. -ha. Right. I was right. If you don't know, ask your parents. They probably know. It was a big deal back then. Mm, it's a big deal. Was the show sued? Um, don't think so. I haven't really deep dived into the case. So, that's the trivia question. Answer it on either the pinned picture or post, sorry, on the Facebook. It is a private group. I am very active on the social media. I do online school. I'm online <laughs> all the time. That is what I do during my French lessons. So <laughs> You're bilingual, aren't you? So, it's not really... Can you say that in French? Just, like, say the next well, line in French. Well, instead... Au lieu de l'anglais dans mon école, c'est français au lieu. Donc, t'es. Fromage. I responded perfectly. <laughs> you slamming me for being English? Not cool. No, it's... I don't know French. I'm saying whenever you have French class, is the amount of time I have English class. Oh. And whenever you speak in English, I speak in French. Oh, I don't like that. It's not fun. <laughs> I'm from Newfoundland, you can't criticize my French. Newfoundland. No, that's wrong. <laughs> I know it is. Like, if in advanced French classes there, and like, if you go to a French school, you know what they teach you? Like, okay. French. Apple is palm. Yeah, it's palm. That's all for today. <laughs> or you could do Then that changes the sentence completely. I don't. Okay. <laughs> can we stop now? <laughs> How do you, like, commence? What? We already commenced. We've commenced a long time ago. We commenced over two hours ago. How do you, like, say, like, okay, well, see you next time. We say it like, thank you for listening. Tell all your friends. Tell all your family about Crime Shack, the true crime podcast for younger audiences, where the only four-letter word we use is kill. Thank you, Shackinators, and have a great night or morning or whenever you're listening.